Hello and welcome to a special mini episode of the Morphin Law Podcast. This instalment of the seven-part Flex Practice Area podcast series covers everything about private equity law with Ben Alexander. We'll discuss what this practice area is all about, the average day-to-day tasks of a trainee or a paralegal, and what personalities and working styles might best be suited to this area of law. This podcast mini-series is brought to you by Flex, an online platform that provides a number of short and long-term paralegal opportunities across a number of sectors. Upload your CV and register in under 60 seconds to get access to hundreds of flexible paralegal opportunities and gain real-world commercial experience to help further your career. Simply head to the link in this episode's description to sign up today. So hi Ben, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure. And I must admit, going throughout the entire LLB, throughout my experiences of a lot of the LBC as well, there were two words which I think I might have heard a little bit, but certainly didn't understand at all, and that was private equity. Um, yeah. And trying to, I guess, marry the concepts of what I thought equity was during my studies of LLB, and then kind of now I've actually gone into practice and speaking to lawyers who, who practice in this area, understanding what it really involves. Um, I, I fully sympathise and appreciate with people who who hear about this, um, what seems like a really complex area of law, and try to sort of struggle to to grapple as a concept but hopefully today's episode is going to give them a real insight into this as a practice area so yeah. um yeah, i guess on that front as an introductory question um how would you sort of define the practice of of private equity and and, and if it compares at all to any other stages of a legal career that someone might go through yeah um well i guess private equity if someone's trying to work out exactly what it is um it's essentially a group of investors looking to invest in a company um, to turn it around and make a profit from what they sell, sell it for basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and the easiest thing to think of with that is like a Dragon's Den mm-hmm. type thing. So um, obviously Dragon's Den focuses a lot on your entrepreneurs, your startup cycle of, of uh, uh, company life cycle, but you can get investors that are interested in businesses that are failing. Um, so yeah, it really depends on what their, their area of interest is. Um, but yeah, that's, that's basically private equity. Um, and in terms of where it overlaps with the NLB and, and LPC. I was thinking about that and it's, it's quite an interesting question because I think NLB is very much focused around contract law. Obviously that goes mm-hmm. to the root of everything that you're doing. So um, you have to have a good grasp of contract law. Um, but when you get to say commercial law and company law on the NLB, I think it's a bit different because from memory, when I done my company law module, Although I enjoyed it, it was very much about uh, director's duties, mm-hmm. um, which you don't really get in in private equity, unless perhaps there was a, an issue, you know, when you're going down more litigation route, where there might be an accusation of directors stepping outside of their duties, but that's not really something you would get involved in if, if you're working in PE, um, mm. your private equity. Um, but I think the one that really hits now on the head is the private acquisitions on the LPC. That is probably the closest thing academically even to get to it um, and is very, very useful. Although, of course, on that module, you focus on things that are probably going to be more um, reserved for the associates and the partners, you know, drafting the share purchase agreements and stuff like that. It's very interesting, but um, it's not something you're going to be doing straight away as a paralegal or a trainee. So mm-hmm. it's something to just keep in mind. <laughs> <laughs> so on that point then um trying to sort of think about how lawyers fit into this uh this sort of scheme of, of people coming into a business turning it around and trying to to make a profit and an exit what's the typical legal role uh in that sort of transaction and more specifically like you said the paralegal and trainee uh equivalent of, of contributing to that yeah um so I mean, based on my experience um in, in pe I was, I was paralegal in 
um, with the private equity team, and um, it's, it's varied really. I mean, you can you can manage data rooms um, both internally and externally. So where you've got your you know key documents for a certain transaction, like I say, your share purchase agreement, your NDAs, your non-disclosure agreements, um, you'll basically archive them and give certain people permission. So for example, if you get a new trainee coming to the PE team, obviously you'll be the one granting them access um, and getting them up to date with the key documents. Um, things like signing bundles as well, um, company's house requirements. Um, so for example, for me, um, I was working on a big transaction where um, the company was gonna IPO, gonna go public. Um, so obviously we had to get a lot of companies house uh, completion done, I think, in 14 days, I think it is. Um, she needs to be mindful of that. But the main thing that I was actually doing was verification, uh, which is reserved a lot for paralegals and trainees as well, mainly because it takes so long. And um, if you had associates or partners working on that, the bill to the client would just be huge, obviously, because the hourly rate's different. So um, verification exercises are generally reserved for your, your paralegals and trainees. And that is basically where you'll get a, um, I can't actually remember the, the name of it off the top of my head, but it's like a, a seminar, investors seminar, that tries to um, get as many people interested in that company before it goes public. So you want to get as many people interested to, to um, buy into that company to increase its value. Um, and everything in that presentation, which would normally be a PowerPoint presentation, maybe a hundred slides plus, everything in that has to be verified. Um, so a bit like going back to, you know, university when you may prepare an essay, you have to back everything up that you say. And it's the exact same thing in this um, presentation. So that's where the lawyers will verify or, or you know, the paralegals and trainees will verify everything on their slides. Mm -hmm. um, it can be a very, very, very long task. Literally, it can take months because it won't just mm -hmm. be one presentation. There'll be two or three and they keep getting adjusted. So you'll be in touch with the banks to confirm certain things about tax and stuff like that. So... Yeah, it can be very um, verified, but that's what I spent most of my time doing in PE, yeah. Mm. And on that basis then, kind of understanding what, what trainees or paralegals will typically do um, in these sort of PEF transactions, do you think there's a sort of type of personality or individual or skill set who you think this sort of type of transactional practice area most closely aligns to or is best suited to? Yeah, I think um, if you're the type of person that enjoys quite a methodical approach because um, contract law is very much like that you know if, if you enjoy your employment law modules and things like that is it's uh, kind of you know if it's not a then go to b if not b then try c kind of thing it's um it is like that if um if for example i've done a module called law and development when i was at university and i found it so confusing because there wasn't really ever a definitive answer you know, your opinion was the answer mm. and that kind of just confused me um so yeah, I think if, if, you, if you're already studying and you're enjoying contract law, company commercial law, um, employment law, then, then it's definitely something to continue to look into. Um, but on a more practical side, you know, if, if you're looking for a job where you can uh, shoot off by 5 p.m., 6 p.m., or you, know, you want to have plans to do your own things on the weekends, then you know, it's, it's probably not going to be your first priority to look into it pursuing a career in PE because it is very, very uh, demanding and time consuming. So um, that is also dependent on the type of firm obviously you go with. If you're going with your magic circle or your big US firms, 
compared to um, a much smaller firm, obviously uh, your workload will be different, but um, I think it's definitely something that you need to be aware of. No, absolutely. And it, it certainly fits within the, the kind of discussion of peaks and troughs of work with most transactional practices that I think um, yeah. a lot of aspiring lawyers will will hear about, really. Fantastic. Well, thank you anyway for coming on and for, and for giving us a, a little insight into private equity. Um, certainly useful for my own uh, thoughts as well when it comes to, to throughout my training contracts and seat selection and everything else. But hopefully people listening will have had an opportunity to, to get a glimpse as to what this this uh, this admittedly complex practice area to, uh, to face value um, is really all about. So thank you, Ben. No problem. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the More From Law podcast. If you'd like to support the show, please rate it five stars on the iTunes store and follow the show on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps the show reach more listeners. If you're looking for more tips, resources, and guides, you can visit my website, www.harryclarklaw.com, where you can also sign up to my newsletter and stay up to date with everything that I'm up to. For now, though, I'll see you in the next episode of More From Law.